I think we're, oh, we're recording already. I think I pressed it early just in case, just so we could see John come in so excitedly. <laughs> there it is. That's what I was looking for. I am. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I'm giddy because I got, I got a little secret. I got a little plan. Something that uh, yay, put together the last second. I want to start out with. Uh, <laughs> what are you, Shaq? Now fixing the. I just started hearing right for I got another thing on for Muhammad. The Caliendo Cast with Frank Caliendo, John Holmberg, Scott Long, and the rest of the Caliendo crew. It's the most important podcast in the history of Western civilization. By the way, Shaq will be in the second half of this episode. I don't know how much Toledo's keeping in. We recorded it like uh, in 1995 or so, and we're <laughs> playing it back at the end of this, um, which is great because he's been a little bit more in the news too. Uh, but he was messing around with the camera so much at the beginning, it completely threw me off. Nothing throws Holmberg off. He just starts asking questions in the middle of it. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> Every day. Um, but uh, so I put out that viral video this week and it drove me a little crazy because I spent two hours on it, the coach's video. And uh, sometimes the voiceovers will take me five or six hours and they'll get a couple hundred thousand hits or something or views or whatever. And then I pieced together this uh, mini costumes, some stuff I had just sitting around, whether it was hats, mustaches or wigs which everybody should have hats, mustaches, and wigs. Just Who doesn't? And it just went crazy, and I didn't expect it. And then some of the complaints were, why did you have some of the stuff? Why did you have <laughs> a mustache and a hat for Andy Reid, but for Sean McVay, you just wore a regular shirt? And my answer was, there's a pandemic. That's why. <laughs> I only have certain things, jackass. So uh, the, sell, I, the sell for me on the whole video, though, is how quick you turn back into Fat Frank as Andy Reid. It's amazing. You put on eighty pounds it's, with it's, one muscle. It, it's weird how I can sink back, and I keep saying I just have this pancakey face. I don't know. It's pancake it's batter, incredible. but it's I have some older video of me where I'm probably twenty pounds light pounds right now. I've got a couple of pounds lighter. And I'm like, crap, I got to get back to that. Because even though the cheeks are a little fat still, you can tell I'm thinner and I want to get back to that level of fatness as opposed to where I currently am. Are clowns part of the pandemic? I mean, I, I didn't see that in the video, but are clowns? I, I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know how it all fits together in, the, in this. Uh, my, Frank, my favorite. Here. My favorite comment under it was like, why didn't you do Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills? I'm like, I don't even know what he sounds like. I have no clue. It's, it's like a, obscure coaches. It's really weird, the people they, they wanted me to do. And the, some people had good suggestions, like for Adam Gase, which was just eyes that like put on a hat. I'm like, I just didn't have the stuff. And I, it's hard to fake a hat and just write jets on it because you're not going to see it anyways. But then maybe I should have just had the hat on because you're not going to see it anyways. Also, how about this, morons? Uh, it's funny. What Frank did was funny. He doesn't need a fucking hat to be Adam Gase. The joke was great. Get over yeah. it. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where I just had what I had. I wish I would have had full things. Then I got a text from somebody about my parcels, which I'd forgotten I'd done. And uh, good. Oh. okay, okay, oh, I care. I'd forgotten I even did it. Okay, so good. Uh, and I didn't present it as new, but I uh, kind of attached it to that tweet. And then people are going crazy ape shit for that, yeah. and telling people one by one, this is older. Uh, you know, it's not new. They're like, how did you get all the makeup and wardrobe? I'm like, it's older. It's not new. <laughs> See, but, here's what's but, frustrating to me. You'll do the parcels, and let's say you do put on the Giants hat. People will be like, you know, the last, the last time you coached, it wasn't the Giants. <laughs> they don't, they miss everything. So I, I get upset that how good a lot of the stuff was and what people miss. I couldn't read comments. I don't know how you do it. Reading the comments would make well, me I, so annoyed. I mute. Uh, all the people who don't follow me. So that puts a lot of people out there. Yeah. Uh, they, don't, they don't get in then. They're sifted through. See, um, I only want the bad comments. I don't care about the good ones. That's fine. I want well, the, the good, idiots to reveal themselves. Yeah, the good ones roll off and you just go, thanks, kind of a thing to be right. nice. The bad ones, you're just, they, they, they dwell inside of you for a little bit. And then you go, ah, you don't know, whatever. It's just, yeah. I'm trying to just make people laugh. So then Jamie Foxx does that video that goes viral with him explaining how to do some impressions, which is what we do all the time here, right? Yeah. We constantly are talking about that. So then people are sending that to me going, have you seen this genius? I go, he's an incredible actor. He's, a, he's really good at impressions, but we talk about that stuff constantly. Yeah. If you're really a fan and you follow, listen to the podcast. I'll be right back. Yeah, handle it. Evidently, however. evidently the mystery's been solved. <laughs> like it's old man Carruthers. I like, I like John's jog out of there too. Just yeah, it looks good. It looked like a uh, he kind of looked like a third base coach. Yeah, John, how I, I had to skip around two pairs of shoes. And John, a, you and run a table, so you sorry. run like a thirty-five-year-old. You run yeah. a decade younger than your, you know, your actual. I'm feeling pretty bouncy right I just just had a nap, so I'm feeling good. Mm. So John and I yeah. also go back and forth constantly about how much stuff we we'll talk about things because I was I was proud of that video that coach's video but at the same time I'm like it was kind of easy I, I I put it together so simply I just I didn't write it out ahead of time I just did three or four bits and then pieced them together and it I, I went back and forth editing it some I spent the most time on Sean McVay because I didn't have that voice 100 percent I just wanted to get something good enough that I could put out and. Um, and it just, it just, it, when it went crazy though, it just threw me. I, I was like, I expected it to do decently. And if it hadn't done decently, I was going to quit Twitter and everything else for a while. <laughs> because to do all the costume change that, you know, half costume change, I'm like, this is embarrassing if this doesn't work. And so. The was, frustrating thing is though, you call it easy, but what you're doing is easy to you. Um, I think it's, I don't think it's easy. I think the difference is it wasn't, written effort editing it seems easy to you people eating it up it's not easy and I, you know you have to guard against that when you're good yeah. at something like you are but the frustrating thing is how hard you worked on a few other things right. that should be just monumentally great it's your princess bride rob reiner always says princess right. bride was non-stop work and i had so much heart and soul into it and when critics kind of said Meh. It drove him crazy. But it was when my end they, game. My end game with Juliet, yeah. which is my favorite oh, thing I've done. It's so, so well put together. And even the uh, Christmas thing with Jose, where we did, he, he did all the animation and it was incredible. And then people 
like the the big fat my face on the screen and do more <laughs> with that than the animation. I'm like, no, watch this whole thing. This is really well done. So that stuff. But John and I just go back and forth complaining about everything. That, that Jamie Foxx <laughs> thing came on, and it drove me nuts because then everybody's sending that to me, and I'm going, I know. We, we talk about this constantly. Um, and I didn't, I just, and, and that's when I have to just turn it off for a little while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hearing too much of your audience on their walk to the car after a show. You just, you just, <laughs> you just you either know you had a good show or you didn't. If you, if you were cursed with the ability to hear your audience all night long talk about it, you'd go mad. And that's why social media is, I can't, I, I, I firmly have my fingers placed on the kneecap of society when it comes to social media. I don't understand why you want to know. I don't understand why anybody thinks what they're doing is interesting enough to put it up there. I, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm the one on the wrong side of this. But man, if, as far as you and putting things out for entertainment purposes, I would have to rely on the fact that like, I either know this is good or it's not, and I'm the only one that can matter right now because otherwise I've got too many people in my head. It's like when, when uh, Morgan Freeman and Batman had all the phones. There's just a cacophony <laughs> of sounds, and you'll pick up all the ones you don't want to really hear, and it would make you crazy. So just know it's good, and I, I try not to understand it because five million is that where it's at? The the one you yeah, did right the, four point eight million. I can't unreal. get five million without pushing it. Unreal, uh, I, and it's something you feel like eh, I, I could do this probably in my sleep every time there's an NFL thing. Yeah, and I hate to cut you off about, um, especially when you're talking about how great I am. But I got a, <laughs> I got an advertiser for the show. Oh, no. uh, a law firm, yes, and uh, he he had to come in and be a part of it. So, oh my God, is this real? <laughs> well, hello, greetings. I, I wanted to say thank you first of all because it's it, it it honors me so much that I get to sponsor such a prestigious show. And I wanted to remind you all that the lawyers in love who love lunch will be going on this coming Wednesday. I will be the keynote speaker, and if you want to get your tickets, you can send your visa card directly to me at any point you wish. Remember, lawyers who love, love lunch. And those who love lunch, love lawyers. <laughs> is this a Vimeo or is that real? No, is this is real. Is it a video? It's a video. Oh, wait a, a second. Vimeo, a, Vimeo, Vimeo. What do they call oh, those things? Am I on a sports show? I'm on a sports show. No way. First of all, you've got the best color in town. That's the only color to have. I'll show you how much I love that color. Let's see. Let's, uh, <laughs> what other color do we have here? Uh, oh, how about that? Here you go. How about some Hemlindigo Blue? There you go. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to be in Hemlindigo Blue from here on out. <laughs> but he, he's got lines for his shacks. Look, he's going. <laughs> uh, I'm almost tearing up for John's, uh, John's emotional. Return, John, return. So, come back. Please come look back. What, look, what, look what I just got today. You did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. This is. I don't get starstruck or annoyed by this, but you, sir, are a legend in this house. A legend. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. This, this, now, the, tell, tell me how this ends, because you guys won't be, you won't be done for another year and a half, and if I die before this ends, I'll <laughs> haunt you know, all of you. I don't know how it ends, and uh, if I knew, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have a job. They don't tell me anything. Look, I don't know if you've noticed, the show's called Better Call Saul, not Better Call Howard. What are you, my mother? I mean, it's... <laughs> But in the background, it's not better tell Howard. We can trust Howard. Well, I don't think so, unfortunately. Here's the thing. I want to know. Obviously, I want to know. First of all, I'm just glad I get to go to season six. That makes me happy. Um, but the writers are writing right now. And, you know, we're planning on going back to work 
this fall on the show. I know a lot of people are planning on going back to work. So that's, that's the plan as of now. So we hope to have the show for you, you know, next, you know, April or May, I guess. That'll so for it. everybody who doesn't know this yet, Patrick Fabian plays yeah. Howard Hamlin yeah. on Better Call oh. Saul. Uh, it's a five. I do look like a politician who's about to say, like, <laughs> what, next well, here, I need here, here's what was really great, guys. So I, Patrick and I tested this a little bit, and he's got the HHM background behind him. And I, I go, this is awesome. And he goes, do you want me to go get the suit? Would you like me to get the suit? I'll get the suit. I'll get the suit. Put the suit on. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, please put the suit on. This will be fantastic. How much? How much do they give you? Uh, do you see the full episode each week, or do you see anything in the season coming up? Because I know in like the Marvel movies, they don't even give the pages to some people. Uh, they don't give the full script because they don't want anybody to know. Right, right, right. You know, we, we get the full script, although it, it is redacted quite a lot, especially as we started getting closer and, and more characters from Breaking Bad were being introduced. They just made it easy on us. They would just redact it, you know, because otherwise you'd be talking and you know, we might slip out that like, oh, so-and-so has come back. So-and-so's in the script. And so we got real good early on about talking around the show and not talking about the show specifically. So I get a script. I read through it to make sure my name's in it so I'm not dead. And then I call Ray Seahorn and I say, you're not dead either. So we're good for <laughs> one more week. And then we go from there. I think I, I thought for sure you slipped up this past season. When the uh, when the, you I guess you Instagrammed something, and it was a picture of you out in the desert on the shoot for the episode where Mike and Saul are walking back through the desert. Right. And I, he shouldn't be there. Why is Howard out in the middle of this? And then I checked. You didn't direct it. You didn't have anything to do. I'm like, that's a goof. There's no reason for him to have been out there. So there's something coming where you were in the desert. Right. So I, you were going to pick him up, or there was some sort of connection where you called. Saul and said, you know, I want to talk to you about that job. And he's like, do something for me first. I'm like, oh, this is a great little find. Turns out you were just there to watch. I was just there to watch. And you know what? That didn't occur to me because I knew I wasn't part of it. It didn't occur to me that there would be like that tea leaf reading. And of course there is a lot of things, um, but people think that I'm a director now. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the resume. Nobody's going to know. So, it's it's so how much? Oh, go, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. John. No, 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 no. I'm, this is your fault, Frank. You caused this problem. No, I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. I, I tried to get him to watch the last dance a little bit. I, you wait till you find out. There's so much information that's going to make you even happier. So I, I asked him, "Can you watch a little bit of the last dance?" Because we're going to talk about that. So Scott actually gets to talk some, and then, Good. Uh, but then I, he says, "Look, there it is." Oh, get out Steelers of here! Fan. Really? <laughs> Huge Steelers fan. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. All right, when yeah. you're in Phoenix. Come my brother, my brother and sister, but my dad's from Pittsburgh. My, my brother still lives in, uh, in Murraysville, you know, out 220, a couple minutes down from downtown. And uh, I've been a Steeler fan since, look, I had Franco and AC Green on my wall. I had the Steeler sweatbands. Uh, as my wife of 11 years pointed out, um, I was wearing a Steeler hoodie. Um, that, okay, this, I digress. So I first meet her. You meet, you meet somebody and you, you want to impress them and stuff like that. So we're getting casual and I put on my, my, at the time, $75 Steeler hoodie that I got from the NFL shop. And she was like, huh? And uh, she goes, how much was that? And I'm like, $75. It was a real bargain. because it's, it's the real good sweatshirt. And of course, she's like, you're a moron spending that much money on a sweatshirt. <laughs> However, guess what? This weekend, we're walking hand in hand, going for a walk. What am I wearing? That Steeler sweatshirt. It's a little rough around the cuffs. It looks a little Belichick-y right now. But um, – <laughs> She turned to me and she goes, I have to say, that sweatshirt's paying you now. So congratulations. So, you know, <laughs> 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 Pretty much always. 
Here's what I love. We have Shaq in the second pandemic. half of the episode. Shaq is oh. in the second half of the episode. Here's John with Shaq. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, here's how I would have done it differently, Frank. This is, this is how you would have done the interview better. Uh, Patrick Fabian. Oh, my God. Because no, this is this, – look, I already know Shaq's career. I know how it started right. and ended. I was there for the whole thing. This Better Call Saul thing and Breaking Bad is just it's, – it's, Breaking Bad is, is now uh, threatening – to, in my world, at least, in my opinion, to be the best show ever written. There are eight storylines. Where Breaking Bad was a linear show, mm-hmm. this is eight avenues, and it, it's a tree. It's a, it's, everything's different. Saul is just one component of what happens, and I don't know what happens to him, which is amazing on top of it all, too. So you've got that. I have a theory. Do you want to hear my theory? Frank, you want to yeah. hear my theory? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, but the, another thing, we're thinking about doing this down the road. I'm going to have your theory, but I want I want Patrick to know we're thinking about doing an offshoot podcast called Better Call Paul, who's a guy who Patrick knows Paul. Oh, Patrick Paul knows Sura. Paul. Paul Sura, who is a name you may know. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, I know Paul. Paul donated. Paul's a big fan of the show, and he also donated to uh, an independent film I did, Driver X. He was a real great supporter of that as well. Yeah, he's a huge fan, and we go back and forth at work all the time. Um, you know, just kind of on Tuesdays, figuring out what just happened, who did what to who and all that. And he's been fantastic. He could write a fan fiction story as good as what's going on with Better Call Saul. It's just, you can't top with Vince Gilligan and, and everybody. No, those, look, those guys are great, you know, and I, I, I won't tell the complete story, but uh, two weeks before I had the audition for Better Call Saul, um, I got removed from a job. I hadn't booked the job. They put a pin in me for a job. Uh, it was called Dog with a Blog. It was on ABC Family where the dog is number one on the call sheet. And, um, <laughs> and I, I know Dog with a Blog. The, the dog talks at the – it's yeah, the no, narrator. And by the way, the dog deserves to be number one. It's a really talented dog. And uh, <laughs> my friends were playing the parents on – like, I'm over 50. I've got a mortgage. The phone isn't ringing. I get an audition for this. My ego – I shut my ego in my stomach. I go. I dance like a monkey. They say, we like you enough to put a pin in you but not hire you. And then I wait like a, like a green actor, like a 21-year-old out of school, waiting for the phone to ring. The phone does not ring, and I call my agent, and I'm like, hey, so what about Dog with the Blog? And he's like, oh, he'd forgotten about it. He calls them, gets back to me in 30 seconds, and says, oh, yeah, that's gone. They went with the name of your name. And then I'm left staring into the void. <laughs> I don't know what to – I'm like, what? And then two weeks later, I got an audition for Better Call Saul. And I'm like, oh, right, okay, so if they're looking for a name of your name for Dog with the Blog, guess what? They're getting Brad Pitt for, for this. Right. So I'm completely like, there's no way I'm going to get this job. I go in because the casting directors uh, cast The Walking Dead. And I thought, oh, good. Maybe I'll get a three episode. I mean, that's where I was shooting for. So two weeks later, I get uh, that audition. I go in. I do it. Vincent Peter see the tape. Three weeks later, I get the job. And I'm like, um, that's an actor's life in a nutshell. I don't think I became a better actor in those four weeks. But in that <laughs> In that span of time, I was not good enough for Dog with the Blog, but I was good enough for Better Call Saul. So, but what about the in the terms of the cadence with uh, with uh, Howard, and it, you would you wouldn't have been anything like that on uh, Dog with a Blog, right? <laughs> that would have been great, though. <laughs> little right. legal. Have you, have you seen my work? I do the I do one thing, and I do it well, and I just that's all I do. <laughs> What did on, we were we we did hot in Cleveland together? Were you part of the Siamese twins? Is that what you I, were? I, no, not Siamese. Let's not get uh, it's conjoined. Conjoined. conjoined I'm conjoined sorry. Twin. It was Richard. Um, oh gosh, what's Richard's? Uh, Richard. I uh, remember his name. Great guy. He was on Desperate Housewives. He's worked forever and ever. We literally like two guys 
who look exactly like this, who had never run into each other in the business. And that was sort of a miracle. And we ended up playing conjoined twins, the silliest thing that you could only get away with in a sitcom. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, one of my favorite lines, it's still in my reel. At the very end, somebody comes in and sees that I'm cheating on her with my conjoined twin. We're out on a double date. And she comes in and my wife discovers me. She goes, oh my God. She goes, I can't believe you're cheating on me. And I'm like, I'm conjoined. I'm not dead. And everybody laughs. laughs. And I was like, <laughs> You know, I went to college for this. My father somewhere is having a small heart attack and a stroke saying, how can a man make a living doing this? You know, when I asked you about the way you talk, though, the, the, just the case, everything, you said something about your father. You, the, if you grew up with your father, that was. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. My, my dad is one of the, the straightest arrows I know in terms of like he would never lie. He would always do right, uh, no matter what the cost. And uh, and so I think of Howard very much as being somebody who likes to think that he's like that. And my father, when he would do, we've all had those, you know, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed speeches. It would just devastate me like it does when you're a kid. And my father would do it. And I knew it was because he was coming from a place where he was irreproachable with his word and his character. Um, didn't lord it over me, but that's just who he was. That's how he went through the world. And I think Howard very much decides that he talks to everybody like he's not mad at them, but he's just a little disappointed in them. <laughs> yeah. But it's all just to hide Howard's insecurities, which you play off beautifully. Howard's attitude is all because he doesn't feel like he deserves it, which is right. uh, that, That's one theory, and I thought about that a lot. And I thought about, uh, especially with what happens to Chuck, you know, the events that happened to Chuck and Chuck exiting the show and committing suicide and all that. Sorry, spoiler alert, uh, three years old. And, um, you know, Chuck, I mean, Jimmy takes one path and Howard takes another path. And surprisingly, Howard's the one that embraces therapy, digging into himself, letting it all hang out, and he comes through it on the other side. But what I love about these writers, and I, and I have to tip my hat completely because there is no show about this brain trust, is that like in season five, you see Howard sort of fully realized himself as this guy now, right? And he's, he's willing to see Jimmy on his own terms and his life on his own terms, and he has that lunch and he offers Jimmy the job. It's so genuine. But then when he hugs him at the valet, he gets into a Jaguar that has a namaste license plate yeah. on it. And I was He's like, still a that's Howard. Right it's there. funny you say that because I saw that whole thing as Howard being less than genuine because he was so proud of himself for getting help. So his job now was to fix people. And I thought it was such a subtle way of saying, I'm great, Howard. I did it right. I know a guy I could help. And then the namaste played as he drives off in that $200,000 car. And you're like, he's still a douchebag. And Jimmy yeah. sees, he sees the real side of people. I, 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 that's the thing I don't understand, how actors can be so brilliant in a show with, with like your beekeepers. There's no uh, quick movement. They're all subtly moving through the script and things are changing so uh, at ease, but yet so drastically at the same time. And it's just a tribute to you and, directing and, and the writing. Thanks, well, and the writers give us that time. You know, the writers give us that time. And because Breaking Bad already existed, it allows the creative team to give it that space. So once the tone of Saul was sort of established as a slower burn, I mean, when you think about the trajectory of what's gone on, not a lot has gone on. And yet it feels so tense to watch Kim and watch the camera lay in on her or to lay in on Mike Emmertrout and see their eyes and wonder what's cranking behind them and stuff like that. And because of fans like you and people who are paying attention, it allows us all that. So, you know, we really lucked out with a great brain trust and a great fan base all the time. 
this feels like the the most like real life of any TV show I've ever watched because of that speed. It feels like you're just going along. And so much. I always say this about uh, you know cable shows versus network shows. Network shows are always really beautiful people, and they tell you everything they're going to do before <laughs> they do it. It's basically yeah. the Super Friends with the announcer. Meanwhile, back at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> Lex Luthor has a plan to take over the world. I have a plan to take over the world. But what they do on Better Call Saul is you it'll take five, three, three to five minutes, and you won't know why it's happening, but Trout will have a plan, and it'll be laid out, and people will be like, I don't know why he did this. Two episodes later, you find out exactly why he did it, or at the end of the episode, and that's... That's what I love about the show. I think it, some people, it might turn off. They don't get it. And they don't want to follow and spend the time. I would rather spend the time because I just love all the characters so much. It's hard to drop into something like this, I think. I think, uh, you know, Breaking Bad caught on in season three because all of a sudden Netflix and binging became something. So you could catch up and you could catch up pretty fast. You could catch up in a weekend. And uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I ate them like that. I binged it. I missed it the first time around because we were raising kids and I was watching Clifford the Big Red Dog, you know, I can talk about that and My Little Pony extensively, but I missed Breaking Bad and it's when it first happened. So I ate it binge wise. And when you can do that, then the ability to go ahead and restart Saul and jump in, and, and watch it is great. But if you're just jumping in like, oh, my friends are talking about it. I think I'll watch Monday. You're going to be lost. You're going to be wondering what's wrong with your friend. You're not going to get it. You have to build your capital up on this show, I think, in that respect. But I think most people have because of that, because they get drawn into the real-life aspect of it. I think we can all relate to one or the other characters about what they're going through, hope streams being broken in a very much realistic fashion, as opposed to, as you pointed out, like on network, where it gets resolved like in, in, in a week or like a magic thing happens. Always Instead has a bow tied on it. And it's just So, John, one more Better Call Saul question, because we'll have to have Patrick on oh, to do yeah. like a full episode. This was just my little treat for you. It's to see. pretty great. I can't, I, believe how, I can't believe how long your mouth was open for People I was have thrilled. To go to the I, YouTube. I, thought, I thought it was one of those things you buy and he does a like, <laughs> thing. And then we had like a minute of him to say, and happy birthday, John. I'm very happy to <laughs> You thought daughter. it was a cameo? Yeah, a cameo. That's what it's called. Tell <laughs> <laughs> John, a happy birthday from me, Patrick Fabian. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then it was just going to disappear. And he started talking to me and stuff. It was Wait great. a second. Think about this. Do you know the amount of technology that would have had to go gone into that for you me to it. set that up and make that happen? You think between <laughs> me and Toledo on a first attempt, that's Look, going to work? Amazing. More, more of a chance of that than what actually occurred. Uh -huh. I was curious when you mentioned Clifford the Big Red Dog, if you'd ever seen Clifford the Big Red Dog with a blog, because it's fantastic. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the other thing I, I, I love the guy who was going to play the dad that. in that. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the only question I have for Better Call Saul is, well, it's not a question. Uh, I have a feeling that Kim is going to try, try and ruin Howard Jimmy's going to be the one who tries and stops her, but she's completely gone. She's gone Saul before him. And she's going to steal his sandpiper money that you took, my friend, in some sort of under... Yeah, you owe him the percentage, <laughs> but you took the whole sandpiper thing. So Kim's going to realize, I can walk with this money, destroy Jimmy, and break his heart that the only person he ever trusted uh, took you down, took what's rightfully his, and then just disappeared. And that's why he becomes who he becomes in Breaking Bad, which is don't care about anybody, don't have an opinion, never mention my past, and I do, it's all jokes. And, and that's what breaks off that. Do you think you die, or do you want to die? 
Wait, wait, wait. So Kim. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. Oh, <laughs> this, is every, this is every podcast with them, these yeah. theories that we bring on experts in the field. And some of them are right. Some of them are like what you just did. Like, give me yeah. a second. I need oh, to I have. I know what happened in the last episode of the last season completely. When Gus turns at the end of that thing with Airman Trout and he says, uh, uh, I have the best men in the world on this job, but they don't have one thing. And that's a man inside. His eyes changed. And I know for a fact the whole season next year is going to start with Gus called off the A team, threw the B team in there in case it went south like it did so they could blame Nacho the whole way. That explains uh, Jimmy's first line, Saul's first lines of Breaking Bad, which is, who sent you? Ignacio? It was Ignacio. Was it Lalo? Because when he says that, he's, he's still under the idea that the whole uh, breakdown of Lalo was Nacho's fault. Oh, I'm so in this. It's ridiculous. John, I'm going to have to Ermin Trudge. Okay. Come on. All right, Seth. All right. That's enough, John. That's enough. <laughs> we could do all Ermin Trout shows. Last thing I need to do right now is listen to you, Walter. Oh, <laughs> all goddamn day. Patrick, I'm going to buy you a ticket. Come out. I've got a bedroom, a small well. You can live in the well for a little while. I'll feed you with a bucket. It'll be great. He's that's, actually, that's John is actually in a Pittsburgh Steelers field house right now. Yeah. His yeah. bathroom. You should take him on a tour of the bathroom right. quickly. Everything. Like, this is, first things first, this is my back patio. Can you see that? Oh, yeah. Down That's a little bit. Down steel. a little bit. Oh, is it right there? Yeah. Good. That's nice. It's got, it's oh, got bird oh, shit on it. Yeah. Perfect. Nice. Wow. Yeah, everything. Steelers thing. But wait, when we get into the bathroom, it gets weird. There's my Heinz Ward. My dark I got board. that. He's got, I got that. Got that. Got it. Got it. Yep. yep. This, is right now. this is the restroom. Wow. My, uh, Steelers yeah, I have a sickness for the Steelers. And, and you know what's funny? The other half of it's about to be Better Call Saul. So <laughs> this room's about to get weird. Nobody's ever started a Better Call Saul bar before. But well, not, not, not in conjunction. I will send you swag. I'll send you big posters of me, if nothing else. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we get that? We'll put that in the podcast studio. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Oh. 100%. We're going to need multiples. And now I'm a little jealous that you're sending him stuff before you've offered. Hey, I'm the one who's got Gus... Is there a Howard? I've got Gus, Jimmy. No Howard yet. I've got Gus, Jimmy, and Ermintrout. I was Ermin, getting for the studio. Ermin, I was like the best. Oh, you got that for the studio. Yeah, and it came today. Funny enough, my surprise to you was my uh, Salamanca bobblehead, and you bring you bring carbon-based life form Howard to the party. I Actual didn't really uh, Howard Hamlin. Stick around, stick around, Patrick. Uh, we're going to talk a, a little bit about. Uh, he's got a Shaq story before we get into Shaq. Who's the other guest in this episode? Uh, if you have any questions while we're talking about uh, the last dance, we'll just get into a little bit of that so Scott doesn't feel like he completely. Well, can I ask one question? I mean, you yeah, gave... have you watched the show? Uh, do you know Better Call Saul at all? Well, I'm very similar to how Patrick was. I have children that I'm raising. I can't just watch every show, so I haven't. But what I'm excited about is, since you did this for John, next week, are you going to have Regan Burns, the dad from Dog oh, with Dog. the Bon? I, I used to play Bon. I know him. He's great. <laughs> so he's very good. No, he's really good. And honestly, you know, I got to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, goes, Patrick. Did that just oh, come out? I need to get that. Oh, oh my, my God. Fantastic. <laughs> come on. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is... No, you have to. It's, it's <laughs> the only way you can communicate. Now, now, Patrick, when you watch someone who gets a job that you thought you were going to get, is it better when they're better at it than you maybe would have been? Or 
is it better to watch them and go, I would have been so much better. How Are you, you asking, do they want it? Does he want to put a pin in that person? <laughs> possibly, yeah, like a voodoo doll. Sure. Uh, oh, you know, it cut, uh, part of being able to be, have a long-term career is being able to handle the fact that you're not going to get every job, even the jobs you think you really ought to, even the ones that make superstars out of other people, because, and this is the way I go for it. Um, like uh, we all audition for friends. When, but the right people got friends. If Patrick Fabian had been in Friends in the original cast, who's to say that the chemistry would have been off and it wouldn't have been Friends? So, who, who did you audition for? What part? All of them? Chandler. Oh, Chandler. Chandler. Yeah, but by the way, I think that was already his part to begin with. And who knows? But you know, at the time, we all think we have a running shot. And you never, you, if you get in the room, you have a shot. But uh, otherwise, otherwise uh, to your point, Scott, you'll go crazy. You'll go crazy if you watch stuff and you go, oh, there's some, you know, I'm sure there's a couple of things along the way where I'm just like, wow, that would have been sweet. Or I would have been better, but you know what? <laughs> it's worked out okay, so I'm not going to be bitter about that sort of thing. I, I worked with I worked with a woman who was uh, she was a comedian in like I don't know two thousand or something, and uh, she told me that she was she had lost out to Kathy Griffin in the Suddenly Susan TV show, and I had said to her, um, well at least she was you know she was really good in the role at least she was the best person I thought on the show you know because Brooke Shields was a little stiff for comedy. And then I find out an hour later that Brooke Shields is her best friend. So I not only insulted her <laughs> on two levels, I basically said, well, you're probably, you know, Kathy Griffin's great. And I said that her best friend uh, is not good in the roles. Once again, why I'm not asking a lot of questions on podcasts. Okay, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go back to you guys' show. Know the room. Know the room. <laughs> know the room. I was young. It was stupid. 20 Everybody years ago. can't go into the taxi auditions as Louis De Palma. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Changes. Well, I always ask this question to actors who I think have, you know, had these, these long storied careers and become the Patrick Fabians of the world. We're like, it's Howard, but the Patrick Fabian part's still tough for people to know. If you could go back and, and as, a, as an actor, it doesn't matter. It's not an audition. It's not anything. What role from any movie would you plug yourself in and say, man, I would love a shot at that? To have oh, been. Only because it was completely career changing for him. Uh, I make the joke always that we all wanted to be Brad Pitt in the beginning, right? But there was only uh, one available actor for that role, and he's still playing it rather well. But <laughs> I, but that that role in Thelma and Louise made him from just a, a kind of a good guy that everybody knew who was could have, kind of a good actor. It literally overnight changed everything from him. As James Spader, I think, said in, in an interview, he said, "You know." We were all drinking scotch and smoking cigarettes till 3 a.m., having a good goddamn time. And then Brad Pitt showed his abs in Thelma and Louise, and we started to have to drink green juice and go to the fucking gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure Spader ever did that, though, looking at uh, the last... Like, like, he chose a different path, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed yeah. on his path. Well, I, you know what? I, I have to ask this, too. Do you feel the role of Howard Hamlin's changing things for you? Because when, when, I, when I mentioned you, we talked about you to Harlan Coben, uh, which is an episode coming up later this week. Uh, he later texted me and said, wait a second, Patrick Fabian is Howard Hamlin in uh, Better Call Saul. And he goes, he's fantastic. I'm like, he's been in like 150 things. He goes, not like this. And it was one of those things where it, like people go, 
Like, are people noticing you for this role more? Because I, I mean nothing offensive by this at all. But no. You, you, but you're one of those guys that can play. You might always have a similar way of talking and stuff like that, like you said as a joke. But you're one of those guys who just you're kind of you're there a lot. You're good. You're really good. But you're good to the point where you blend into the show a lot, right? You're not you're not milking it. You're not. Uh, chewing the scenery. You're not trying to be the person everybody's... People go, Patrick Fabian's a really good actor. Put him in that spot. But with this, I, and I don't think you're chewing the scenery, but you are, like, when it comes to you, it's Howard moments, and Howard steals it. Yeah. I remember I texted you or it DM'd you on Twitter that when you came down the stairs that one in that episode, that uh, walk down the stairs, did you plan walk. that walk? What's that? You sauntered down the stairs. You remember that? Like, yeah. Did you plan that saunter, or did that just happen, or was that? You know, the, there's a lot of good moments that that show provides that you you end up seeing afterwards. You're like, oh, that really worked. But that's because they've got a real good feel on set and a real respect for the energy that's being sort of, you know, it's, it's making magic potions, right? And then every now and then you get to catch it, and that's one of those moments that we caught it really well. Happy accident. And then do you – so do you do you feel like the Howard Hamlin character is changing some things for you? Like like people are like, I get recognized a lot more as Howard as opposed to I used to call it the St. Louis Airport problem, where I'd be going through the St. Louis Airport and someone would go, Hey, 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 did we go to, did we go to high school together? And I'm like, uh, No, and I and I can tell where we're going, but at least I'll be like, No, where did you go to school? In Pennsylvania. And then finally, I'll be like, Well, I'm. Uh, I'm I'm an actor, you probably saw me on TV. And they'll be like, oh, 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 well, what did I see you in? And then at that moment, I'm, I'm left being the Terminator, going age, sex, what's going on? And I'm like, did you see me in Xena, the warrior princess? Nope, that's not it. Okay. Uh, um, did you see me in Friends? Nope, that's not it. Oh, okay. So then I'm in the St. Louis airport because I'm so broken emotionally, going through my resume because I want to satisfy the person know where I'm from and I literally would go through like 20 credits and finally get done like oh no you're the Bellin guy from Green Bay doing the hospital thing I'm like yeah that, that's, <laughs> that's it <laughs> now it's changed to like I'm in New York City I guess uh, just last spring and I'm in Central Park and some guy some New Yorkers headphones on he's jogging and I hear this scream about 25 feet away from me he goes hey Howard and I look over, and he goes, yeah, I'm talking to you. You get off Kim's back. You understand me? I said, okay, I will. And he goes, when's the show coming back? I said, I don't know. He goes, okay, Howard, okay. Didn't break stride, didn't take his headphones off, shouted the whole time, and kept moving. And I thought, oh, okay, I guess I've, uh, I've made it a little bit, but I'm getting screamed out on the street in character, you know? All right. We gotta get a, we gotta get to Shaq in a little bit here, Scott. I wanted you to be excited about Last Dance. You, you can lead some Last Dance talk. Anything that really st stood out to you, Scott? So you have a part in the show. <laughs> I'm just excited that John Slattery is finally on the show with us. John, is that who people are? You go to the same, like, uh, isn't it John Slattery, the guy from Mad Men? I could see yes, that those yes, guys yes. would be up for the same roles because they talk fast. They seem smarter than you. Uh, just, okay. Uh, you know back to the last dance. Okay, you got it. Okay. We'll probably cut that part anyway, Scott. Yeah, good. <laughs> we need Thanks. Glad I, glad I built you up for this part of the show. Well, you didn't even tell me we were going to talk about the last dance. And I didn't watch the last two. Oh, episodes. you didn't watch it yet? Oh, well, then no, let's just skip I, until next time. I just figured you yeah, didn't watch it. Was there something you wanted again? I just want you to be like, feel like you're. Oh, no, it's okay. I was great in the Shaq interview. 
He talks about my porn name the whole time. You know? <laughs> Shaq does that. I don't want to tell people what's coming up. Yeah. No, no, no. What just happened? I didn't do it. I don't know. I, th- I feel like we're all staggering like we've been hanging out with Jacques Vaughn in the shower. That's all I can say. <laughs> Pretty great. All right. Cut, so cut that up. We're going to get to the Shaq interview here in a second. You had a Shaq story that we were talking about beforehand, Patrick? Oh, yeah, because show business is weird and fun. So I did a pilot. I, I can't, and honestly, I've been, I'm old enough that I've been around. I'm not sure what it was, but we were hold in on, show. I, hold on, Shaq with the blog? <laughs> and Shaq was number one on the call sheet. That's the thing, right? <laughs> um, and uh, our producer, uh, it was Christmas time, and often in the business, as tradition, you'll get some sort of swag with your show on it, right? It'll be like, you know, hey, this season one, and it'll be a, a fleece or a lunchbox or you know, something cool, or, and it'll show, it'll show directly how much faith the producers have in you coming back in the spring, really. Is it a good fleece? Is it a good rock concert t-shirt? Or is it the shitty one that you're <laughs> buying outside the venue, right? So I was doing this pilot, and all of a sudden it's Christmas time, and everybody's excited. Bruce was like, hey, congratulations. Everybody go to the table and grab something on the way out. Merry Christmas. We love you guys. You're like, wee And it's a bag, and it's a dark bag, and I can't quite tell. And we're like, yeah, we're going to open it up later on. We're not going to pull it up right now. And we get out, and we start walking out of the studio. We start opening the bag. First of all, we realize the bag is, is a bag that says, you know, steel. I'm like, steel? That's not the name of our show. That's interesting. And then we open it up. And it's clearly all the extra swag they had that they did not get rid of for Shaq's movie, Steel. And so I've got like a steel mug and I've got a steel fleece and a steel scarf. And I was like, oh, and as I drove to my car, I was like, oh, we're not coming back, are we? Sure enough, we weren't. Do, do you still have that stuff? No. Oh, I, I was going to ask you to send it to so me. sorry I did. <laughs> but I still have my Xena Warrior Princess vest. <laughs> it works very well from 1998. So there you go. That's that's one. That's my oldest thing. Well, this is awesome. I'm I'm so glad. <laughs> I, I'm worried about Scott and his sanity. But uh, no, well, no, it's great. You can. Hey, ask I me. do have a good question. Hopefully, yeah. I've always believed that Bob Odenkirk is so great at being such a team player on a show because the first time I ever saw him, I was at Second City in Chicago. I didn't know uh-huh. who he was. Tim Meadows, I didn't know who he was. Chris Farley was live. It was for Saturday Night Live. He dominated every sketch so much, including Matt Foley, which Bob Odenkirk wrote, to the point where everyone else was invisible. Chris Farley dominated a live room more than any stand-up comedian I've ever seen. So if you start off, he was working with Michael Jordan, and he he looks like Judd Bushler comparatively, even though he's this amazing talent, Bob Odenkirk. So it just makes me think when he on these other shows, he's more giving than most, I think, comedians are who want to be the star of the show. I think Bob... That was a question? (laughs) No, no, it is. is. Bob Bob has always been, at least in my experience, for the show, the best for the scene, regardless of whether it shines a spotlight on him. Obviously, being Saul, he's the main character, he knows that, but his hat on here, even though he's a writer, because he stays out of the writer's way, even though he's directed before, he stays out of the director's way. He's produced before, he stays out of the producer's way. He wears his actor hat, and uh, so he takes the stuff that comes in. Now, of course, if he has suggestions, they're, they're going to listen. But in terms of him working and giving, absolutely. I've seen, him, I've seen him work a scene where the directors wanted to focus on his face, and instead 
He's like, no, the scene's about Ray's reaction. The, 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 the story's actually over here. And he'll gently make sure they get coverage. And sure enough, you'll see it in the final product that, oh, right, when you're in the ending bay, you realize it's not about him. So that's great. Um, I've told him, though, you know, he's expanded from being, you know, a writer, Saturday Night Live, doing improv, doing stand-up, and he had all those stand-up improv friends. And they're all, they're all, you know, crabs in a bucket. They want you all to be there, and they don't really want you to get successful, right? So he's gotten successful. And now he's on a hit show. Now he's an actor and getting Emmy nominated and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, some of those guys and gals who used to write with, I'm sure, are like, uh, you know, screw him. Are you kidding me? You know, he's an actor. He's serious. David Cross, I'm sure, has been, you know, loyal, loyal, loyal. But Bob has made an action film that is going to come out next year. And it's, I saw the trailer. It looks so good. And I warned him. I said, you know, when this hits, and it's going to hit, you're going to lose all of your comic friends. No one will want to talk to you. <laughs> They'll put up with you getting an Emmy nomination, but they will not put up with you becoming an action star. I said, but I'll be there. I'll be your pal. So, you know. What, a, what, what an amazing answer to a brilliant question. Thank you. Awesome. Thank, thanks you so much. You need to put a question mark That's at right. the end of your questions, Scott. That's the first part. No, it's the, it's the key to a good interview. You ask every question you've ever had in like eight hours. And of course, Patrick's going to shine. He just picks one. That's about it. Pick something to comment on. I, I have to say this. I have to say, Scott, when you took all the glasses and stuff off, you look like a serendipitous healthy version of Haley Joel Osment if you ever hit a treadmill. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, no. He looks, he, he looks like a better Haley Joel Osment. That's what I mean. I know, I know, I know, I know. The healthier, it's, it's, I mean, it's so funny to me because I just pictured if you pumped up parts of your face, you could be current Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> We're oh, so good to each other. This has uh, been all. Well, Patrick, that's incredible. Thank you for surprising me and frank you thank you for doing that too i think that's awesome you know i'm i'm i don't get super fanny over much stuff i think special is special this show is is beyond great as far as art entertainment acting writing all that and i just man it's appreciated so pass the word on i know you guys get enough accolades but it's i don't think you understand how much it it, uh, it gives to people it's amazing which is great because the second half Thank of the you, show, man. the Shaq I I interview is very similar. It's, yeah. Uh, same the question Scott had. Scott asked that question. same long question. Long's uh, not just last name. It's his uh, interview uh, stuff. Oh, no. This was great. I'm so glad. Uh, I, I let's love count the seconds of your first question that you asked, John, that was about three no. minutes long on every I character of the show. It. it was amazing. No. So the they, it's beautiful. Uh, it was a rundown. <laughs> it was a rundown. <laughs> you did. You did. You you did have a synopsis, but yeah, got to set it up. It's inside the actor studio. You guys wouldn't understand. Only Patrick yeah. and I can. So uh, Toledo, <laughs> to lead into Shaq here, do we have to do anything? He's our producer, uh, Patrick. Because we, I, I I expected this to go ten minutes, but it got way too yeah. interesting. Well, this well, was a well, show. Up Shaquille O'Neal, Patrick. Thank you. That's it. We're absolutely. Uh, I don't think it needs much setup. I think you can just throw to it after a great interview with Patrick. Yeah, that, that's you just did it. Here it is, Shaq. <laughs> Sideways. What's happening? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> can you? Can you hear? Oh my god! Perfect. 
I don't Perfect. even know. I want to know, was that on purpose or not on purpose? What? What did I do? You were sideways first. Oh, no. I was trying to. I, I was wondering if you guys wanted a horizontal or vertically. This is perfect. This is fantastic. Right, so uh, you had a, you had something big come up, huh? You just had to had to get. Uh, thanks for th thanks for doing this. By the way, I appreciate it. Change my background. Yeah, do whatever you want. Make it funny for you. <laughs> what is that? You sure you want my background? I like that one. It's awesome. How you guys doing? Good. Doing Great. well. I'll just introduce everybody <laughs> to you. Uh, John Holmberg uh, is the fully bald guy holding up his hand. Scott Long is the guy who kind of looks bald but has a hat on and Parsley. glasses. So. Scott is uh -oh. a comic, that one. comedian, John, radio guy, very funny guy here in Phoenix. <laughs> and you are Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Hit the wrong but yeah thanks oh for moving God. up early i just gotta just got some frosted flakes news what about this one wait a minute you got frosted flakes news that's the first time i've ever heard those words together <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be the whole podcast shack picks a yeah. background no From the frosted flakes desk breaking news <laughs> i love that Don't you're breaking the the is dead he's breaking the space-time continuum too as his face cuts into different backgrounds <laughs> There's me in there's, a war room. There's Tony the Tiger. There's uh, the Tiger King. That's right. Shaq Tiger. Yeah. Which, uh, I, got I, like one, I got one of Barkley with his clothes off in the locker room. That's the one there I it is. <laughs> I've actually seen I couldn't that. Find it. It's not a pretty sight, huh? No, it isn't. <laughs> I watched uh, Sam Castell. Well, this is a great one, Shaq, while you're trying to figure this out. When the Suns were, when they made that trade and got Castell and Ori, I was a. Uh, first new in radio and I got to go down into the locker room. Oh my God, it's floating. What's <laughs> happened? What's happening? What is going on? <laughs> oh, that was it. Ladies and gentlemen, Shaquille O'Neal. One was... of the best podcasts we've ever done. I, Ow. Man. I don't know what just happened. I see why Kellogg's is all over that guy. Yeah. They're great. There he is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Just the video. He does things with Zoom I've never seen before. I know. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you there, Shaq? No, this is all like return. All right, here we go. There, there we go. go. Let's do it. All right, ready? Can you see me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's the same as when you <laughs> started. Nothing. That was 15 minutes. We've got like 30 minutes, 15 minutes of where you was fixing the screen. So it was the same screen. The only great answer right now, Shaq goes, sorry guys, I got to go. And it's over. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Triple Shaq. This is Shaq. Q. Shaq. Everybody's a Shaq Shaq. Got to be a Shaq to be a Shaq. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. We're going with sideways shack, upside down shack, right side up shack. You're shack, you that shack, I'm horizontal shack. You parallel shack. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, shack. How do you do that? How do you float around in Zoom? I'm going to do that on every Zoom meeting I've got for the next two weeks. I don't know how he did that. That was impressive. I don't know, but I'm worried he's just going to cut out again. No, yeah, I won't cut out. I promise. He probably owns half of Zoom, too. That's why yeah. we've got these extra features. Shack owns everything. So Shaq, what, what is 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, I was just going to say, uh, one of the things I love about your podcast um, and being on the podcast with you was that I get to see the other guys mess around with you and, uh, uh, you know, joke with you a bunch. You take the jokes. I don't see a lot of other people doing that. I think that's one of the fun things about what you've been doing with Shaq life. People get to see behind the scenes, all this, the other side of Shaq. And it's, it's been pretty cool. I, I'm going to be honest here. I watched one of the promos leading up, and I teared up when you gave the two computers to the two little kids, their two young kids, at that store. And I was like, holy crap. This is, this is awesome to see this side of you. Are you enjoying this? I am enjoying it. Uh, I see it a lot. And it enables me to go back to when I didn't have much. Right. So I, when I got in the store... First of all, kudos for letting the, those people in the Apple just letting the kids come in every day just play on the computer. Yeah, I thought that was so, great as well. Yeah, that was great. So I was in there, so I asked the lady, I said, whose kids are those? She said, no, those kids, they just come in every day and they just want to look on the computer. I said, well, they don't own one? She's like, no, they can never afford one. I said, I'm going to take care of it because that was me back in the day. I used to just go look at stuff and just say, man, I wish one day I could do this, I can do that. Now that I'm able to do anything I want, I just look. It's all about putting putting smiles on people's faces, and uh, I try to do I try to do a good deed every day. And I learned that lesson from my father. One time we was playing the Knicks in the Madison Square Garden, and I had a terrible game. It was it was a day game, so we landed about seven o'clock, and my father said, "Get your ass over here." So I go to the house, and he said, "What's wrong?" So I don't know. I just the pressure got to me. He said, "What you say to me?" I said, I guess the pressure got to me. Get your ass in the car. So we ride around, and it was this little homeless family that he would always just go make sure the guy had a few, a few dollars in his pocket, had some food, and he made me look at him. And we just sat across the street. He said, that's pressure. Hmm. This guy, it's a, it's a, it was a guy, his wife, and two kids. He said, that's pressure. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. You got all these endorsements. You got all these rap albums. You make a lot of money. I don't want to hear no shit about no pressure. Then he made me get out the car, and I had to take care of the people. So that was my first big deeds. I uh, called a few friends who owned some apartments. I got the guy apartment. I paid off for a year. Uh, the next day, I called called a you know a friend of mine who owned like a little gardening service. Got the guy a job. Got him cleaned up. Took him and got him some clothes. But that taught me to the you know the valuable lesson that you know when you're blessed, never complain about you know, what you don't have because it's, you know, people who don't, who really don't have a lot of stuff. So I, every day I just try to try to, you know, make people smile. Do you ever have a limit? Like you've, you've done the good deed and you're like done for the day. No, I don't, have a, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, I don't really have a limit and I don't really worry about the price. For example, uh, I'm really big into Orlando youth sports. There was a kid here in Orlando Really, really good football player. Just signed a scholarship to Louisville in his neighborhood. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Drive-by shooting occurred. Kid gets hit. And I know the neighborhood, so the neighborhood is not well off. So I just called the mom and dad and said, look, I'll just take care of everything. Wow. And I even said, I don't know what it, what it feels like to lose a son, but I lost my sister. I lost Kobe. I lost some people in the COVID thing. So I know what the mom is going through, but as, as I was looking at this kid's highlights, the kid was on his way. And I was yeah. once that kid, kid from a bad neighborhood, and, you know, was always told to, you know, don't go on that side, stay on this side, be a leader, not a follower. But, you know, there was many times in my life is if, if I didn't make the right decision, 
y'all could have been reading about me too. So I just made, but but I just wanted to you know take care of this this kid's funeral, and I never really worry about the money because you know it's just all about you know helping out the mom and dad. And I know it's, it's a feeling that they're never going to forget, but at least they don't have to worry about you know their son resting in peace. Yeah, that's great. Do you ever feel like when you were growing up, it was one of the, because you were always an imposing figure, no matter what age it was, that people tried to cut you off at the knees more often or help you? Well, when I was growing up, you know, gr growing up on a, I think it's different when you grow up on a military base, because yeah. a lot of kids grow up with the same type of discipline. Like the school we went to, they, they, they really didn't play. So, you know, my only, my only trials and tribulations was, uh, being ashamed of being tall. And then once I accepted that, I had to learn how to deal with criticism because uh, I was good, but I wasn't really that good. But I thought I was the best. So then once I devised a plan on how to deal with criticism, my plan with criticism is I use it as motivation. And the way I deal with stress is what you guys are, are beautiful at. You make me laugh. That's why when people do jokes about me, I don't get all bent out of shape. If, like, like, you know, as a comedian, if it's funny, it's funny. I like, I don't get sensitive. I don't get butt hurt. I like laughing because laughing to me relieves stress. So, I, what was you know, the age? I would, what was the age you accepted being tall? What? Where was that? Fourteen. Really? Yes, fourteen. And and how big were you at that point? I was six nine, and my father took me to a game. And he showed me a, a fella by the name of John Conkak. And John Conkak just signed a big deal. I think it was 16 for 7, 15 for 3, like that. And I was like, so I went and watched him play, and I was like, I can do that now. I can do what he's doing right now at 14. So I just said to myself, look, if I could, if I could just, just, just stay at this level, I might can make it to the pros. And then I start really accepting, really start growing into it, really start just, you know, be becoming of my own. Have you ever told John Conkak that story? That yes, he I were have. his? Yes. Yeah. I told him, what did he yes. say? Oh, he was like, oh, thanks, Shaq. Actually, <laughs> well, actually, the crazy thing is when I got to Orlando, he was my backup center. Oh, that's great. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> And did yeah. you did you turn and go? I I was doing this at twelve. <laughs> I whipped your ass at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and today. Sit down. The real boys are playing right now. Sixteen. I could have sat down and still beat you. <laughs> how long? Hey, how how long did it take you guys to master that? Because that's actually really really good. I just uh, first first day. I did about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I've been studying. I've been studying all week. I've been I've been cooped up. Taking me fifteen years, Shaq. Fifteen years. I've been working on it the whole time. My dad came to me and said, "That's pressure." John did it in an hour. I said, "That's no pressure." And sometimes I give kids stuff, and then realize I should have given a different kid something. But this kid's driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, I told I you on the podcast that. too, Shaq. I didn't. I couldn't remember how the game worked, but. John plays a game, Shaq Jeopardy, on his radio show, KUPD, here in Phoenix. Tell me a little bit about it, John. You must answer in the form of a Shaq. <laughs> the questions will be given to you. Here are the categories. Shaq TV, Shaq Sales, Shaq Movie. Pick a category. 
and then you pick a category you're hosting and then somebody Shack will movies. say that. Like Shaq movies. Well, I do Shaq TV because I got one in my head. So Shaq TV is like uh, 80s TV, four girls and an old lady living in a school trying to make it work. Answer in the form of a Shaq, please. What is the Shaq's Alive? Shaq's Alive is correct. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, though, we didn't even know what he was saying because the Shaq Sells one was Shaq Products. And he would keep going. He'd just go, Shaq Sells. Yeah, everything is like, a, everything's like you, Duncan. All right. Shaq Sells for 200. Car insurance. <laughs> and you say, what is the general? What is the Shaq general? Sells. <laughs> can, can, can I show you guys something funny? Please. Can you see it? You can't see it because of the, put it in front of your body, I think. Yeah. The green screen eats it. No, you can't. Hold on. Hold on. Let me take that off. Because you got to <laughs> we'll see We'll be this. back in 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, no, we lost them. I don't well, know. What you see it. Oh, man. Yeah, swing the camera. You need to find one of the kids. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's Kazam go. all over again. <laughs> Relax. Relax. I got it. <laughs> he Kazam's away. We oh lose it. Nah, same place. There uh, we go. Uh, uh, All right. Uh, oh, now it goes. Oh, love it. Okay, hold on, hold on. All right, so I want you to that. see this. Because what? What I've never you? ever showed this before. Hold on. It's I me see. making my first arrest. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's me making my first arrest. What did I do? Nothing. I don't know. That was a long time ago. He stole computers from an Apple store. Yeah. And it's not a curtain. I'm in my studio right now. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Shutting me down. I just got the ball swatted away. I do like that on your show too. When the kids are trying to shoot hoops, you have you have no problem just swatting everything away any kid puts up around a hoop. And you're like competition. Oh, yeah. oh God, it's Listen. great. Anybody that comes in, in my house will get dealt with. Old ladies, <laughs> babies, whoever. I don't care. I really don't care about that. How much in a day? Because you are, you have become a business mogul. I would put you in that category. That uh, you might have been one of the people that, he, if not the person who created it for uh, a sports uh, entity. You know, you, you play basketball. You use that to do so many different things. How many different businesses are you involved in? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> do you do you deal with stuff day to day, or you have people that work for you and they come to you for final answers, or it's just a little bit of a everything? Little, Depends on what it is. Some most of the time I'm hands on, but a lot of stuff I just you know delegate out. Gotcha. And you know, the what business won't I, like what business has come to you and said we want you and and doesn't have to you don't have to name the business, but the uh, like what is it like? I just don't touch that. I won't do. You know, like this, like well, you know, feminine napkins. I'm sure Shaq's. If if I don't believe in your product as a true, honest businessman, I can't take your money because I don't think I could do Perfect. a good job of of selling it to the people. And I've, I've been a lot, offered a lot of money to do certain stuff, but a lot of times it just isn't right. The reason why I fell in love with Icy Hot because I put it on my thighs and it rolls up to my balls one day, and I had to use milk to get it off. So I know I see how it works. I know, I know that shit works. No, true story. 
I yeah. went to the shower and I'm putting water on it. Uh, uh, a guy that was cleaning the shower, he like, Papi, caliente, you got to use milk. I'm like, what? He's like, no, 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 no water, Papi, you got to use milk. So then I told the guy to go get milk. I'm in the shower like this, pouring milk on my balls. And, you know, <laughs> it helps. When are you going to do that as a commercial for? Yeah. Uh, probably probably uh, next year sometimes. Good. You I'm get icing out on your balls. <laughs> you should just do it. Just get an endorsement for milk and tell I was them thinking that. Yeah. Golden <laughs> Guernsey. <laughs> <laughs> Add a little gold bond, make pancakes, and get some of that milk on your balls. <laughs> Watch that all day. Hold on. Milk, it does your balls some good. <laughs> <laughs> Muy caliente, sus huevos. Yeah. Caliente, <laughs> huevos. <laughs> oh, my that goodness. It would be great to see that before, before he had the milk endorsement, you have Shaq in the shower. Oh, my balls. <laughs> After. Ah, milk. <laughs> it's easy. I wrote the whole commercial. You got the milk. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Seems more like an internet commercial than a uh, than one they could put on television. What television show could that go on? Oh my goodness. Jack Jeopardy, I think. Oh. Scott. 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 Yeah. How come you named after my penis? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get it, Scott Long. <laughs> yeah, actually, my middle name's Stack. I don't know if you knew that. Scott so. Shack Long. Scott Long. Oh yep. Hey, hey, baby. You and Dennis Miller. Scott Long. <laughs> yeah. It sounds a lot better as Shack Long. I got to say that right now. Like a porno star. Right. <laughs> next time I ask, somebody says, "What's your porn name?" I'm going to say Shack Long. Yeah. Tell me, middle name is He has over 500 bodies in the Phoenix area. The number one porno star since John Holmes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Long. <laughs> you see, our Shaq other Long. guy's name is John Holmberg. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm the Swedish yeah, version. Yeah. yeah Swedish. I'm, missing, I'm missing the spelling and the actual unit that goes along with the need. Shaq, <laughs> who's a player? Who's a player? I remember once as a Suns fan growing up and, uh, and, uh, you played the Suns when Oliver Miller was the center, and he moved and rolled uh, off you once and laid it up. He didn't dunk, but he laid it up. And I was down close, and I saw your face and his face. You like you guys both made eye contact after, like that will never happen again. Who is somebody that got you that you're like that's that's the end of that, and they never did anything again? Well, the guys that I could never stop were big country. Really they brutalized me. Oh, I don't know what Brian it was. Reeves? I could yes, Brian I could I couldn't guard him for anything. Like really? a lot of yeah, a lot of times if I didn't dislike you, I couldn't get up to play you. So me and Oliver were kind of rivals in college and you know, he would uh have a good game every now and then, but I could I, I couldn't do nothing with big country reefs. I don't know why. Really? Hey Shaq, yeah. Shaq John John was talking about his uh Jeopardy game and I said he should have a category called white guys that would just foul out against Shaq. <laughs> like, who who would like? I'm a good. I'm good friends with Scott Pollard, so I know he would be on that list. But who who would be some of those other white guys that were just put in to foul out you? Or to foul out. Tim Kempton. You remember Tim? Oh yeah, Kempton? yeah. yeah. Tim Kempton. Yeah. Uh, Michael Doliak. Sure, Utah. Yes, Utah guy. Uh, 
Who uh Greg Ostertag? Oh fire. yeah, Ostertag, sure. And then yeah, I, I got to golf with guy, Greg Ostertag, uh, and he his waist was up to my shoulders, but the rest of his body didn't match. Like he had legs. Yeah, it didn't match at all. No, it was the weirdest build ever. And you should see him golfing. It's the strangest shit you've ever seen in your life. But he did tell me the story about uh, where's he live at now. He was here. I think he moved back to Texas or something. I'm not sure. He was in Phoenix, oh, okay. though. So we were we we golfed a couple times. But awesome. He told me about uh, Jock Jones, and they called him the Anteater. And he said that was a nickname that could never get out because his his dick used to pick up ants. <laughs> Who? Uh, Jock. It was Jock Vaughn, I think. Jock Vaughn. Jock he Jock played Vaughn. with Jock Jones singing the Cubs. Yeah, Jock yeah. Vaughn. And he said well, he came out. I don't want to be on the podcast talking about other people's penises. I just want to <laughs> let you know that. Well, I thought you opened it up with Scott Long's penis, so I thought we were going down that road now. Uh, no, I said no. I said Scott Long is the name of my penis, <laughs> yeah. Jock Vaughn's penis. Oh, it's yeah. other people's penises. Yeah. yeah. Well, when when those guys well, would come in, when when those guys would come in the game, the big white guys, would you be like, "Oh shit, not again"? Is that what what goes through your head when they see a guy you know, guys coming in just to follow you? No, I'm not worried about that. I just can't. My thing is, I just can't let another sinner outdo me. Period. So, like, you you can file and do all that, but at the end of the day, when I'm looking at the stat sheet, my my stats had to be dominant. If not, the next game we played, I was going to take it out on somebody. Like, if I didn't score 28 and scored under 28, the next game I was I was going to be upset the whole night. And then the next game, somebody somebody was going to get it. Man, did you ever? Uh... I forgot where I was going to go with that. That's a. <laughs> where, where, now there's this Jordan. You big dummy. <laughs> you big dummy. No, I, <laughs> go ahead, Scott. No, there's this Jordan documentary going on, and I'm watching it going, okay, I know how great Michael Jordan is, but there's been two players in the NBA who were purely unstoppable, and that was you and Wilt. Am I wrong about that? I would have to say that is uh, purely correct. That's a thousand percent correct. And I and I win so much money by asking people who was the last guy to beat Jordan in the playoffs. Oh, nobody, nobody. I'm like, you sure about that? Like, like I've been barbershops. I don't want thousands of dollars in the hood. I don't want so much money. Yeah, Michael is the greatest. And uh, I'm, I'm actually learning a lot about the documentary. And it's actually fun to watch. And it also puts a stamp on who's the best player ever to play the game. Now, there's a lot of names mentioned, but not even close to Mike. Did you ever want to play anything besides center? Like nowadays, everybody wants to Everybody wants to be a power forward, small forward, no matter how big they are. Shoot three. Actually, I was, the, I was the first guy to, to take it coast to coast and do all that stuff, but you know, coaches didn't really like that because, you know, they wanted to keep it traditional. So I just kept it traditional. Every now and then I tried to go coast to coast, but the reason why big guys are playing out is because of me. You guys don't realize that, do you? Yeah. Would you like me to explain? Yeah, please. No. Yeah, definitely. Because, because all the guys that are in the NBA now, they are products of their environment. For example, when I was growing up watching, all the big guys played inside. Then when the diesel came and started bullying people, all the big guys wanted to go outside. So now all the guys are outside, Dirk and all these guys, Kevin Durant, 6'11", all these guys. Then when I leave, nobody comes back inside. They're playing outside. Like like you said, these guys want to be power forwards and, you know, shooting guards. And it's all my fault. And I love it. 
You watch basketball today and think it's because of it, like you watch basketball today and you're like, I've right. influenced exactly what's happening. Exactly. I do. And I don't like watching it right now. It's just because I hate to say it, it's, it's soft. It's soft. And then, and then you got these people saying, oh, we, we, we could have beat the gym. No, you couldn't. Yeah. You, no, you don't you think couldn't. Golden State style works no. at all in any era? It may work, but if, okay, look, first of all, who's, who's going to guard me on that team? That's first of all. Okay. No. Right? I'll, say it, so, I'll say it just to be a jerk. Draymond Green. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> all right, well, he's going to be in foul trouble the first two minutes. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah. And I heard him say, okay, we're going to pick and roll you guys today. This is what we would have did. We would have let him come up to pick and roll, and, and, and you know, we would have trapped Stephen Curry. We made somebody else shoot. If that didn't work, we would have let Stephen Curry drive to the basket, and I would have laid his little ass out a couple times. <laughs> Period. That, that's how you do it. Like, like all this stuff, not like you can't even hand check and touch people. Yeah. Nah. When we had problems with, with guards, I would tell Kobe, let him drive. I got it. And I'd touch their ass up. <laughs> Does your, do, do you think the, that your Laker teams uh, survive today with the of rules that they are? But the way, yes, the, well, the way it's written now. Yeah. Yeah. Because the game is always about adjustments. And you're still going to have to double. And when you double, I'm going to kick it out to my guys and we're going to hit some shots. Period, and that's how you win. So, like, and and then all that running stuff, I can run, I can take the ball and go coast to coast and shoot threes. But why? We don't need to do that. You got the biggest guy out there. Make your make your defense rotate. Make your defense panic, and then we just kick it out. You know, play easy. Like all that shooting threes and all that. It only works for you know some teams. You know, it worked for Golden State, but it don't work for anybody else. That's true. Do you think there's anybody who's a comp in the NBA for you at all in any way, shape, or form right now? Anybody that could match up to you? Like, even in this different style of play? Who? HMFNO. Frank, I'll explain that later. Oh, it took me a second. I think I got it. HMFNO. Is there anybody you watch right now, Shaq, that you think that's the big country of today? He'd give me trouble. Yes, the guy from Denver. Oh, yeah, that dude. Yeah. yeah, Jokic. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah he's he, that dude's weird. It's a skills. Yeah, yeah, he is weird. And what about uh, Giannis? It will be a, it will be a fun battle. Yeah, because he's fast, so uh, I would have to be in tip top shape. One and then two, I would have to like like in the post. It, he's he's too light, but on the on the break, he'd probably be difficult to watch. So. A guy like that, you have you have to make him play deep. You just can't let him play offense all night. So he just wants to take it up the thing and run. But now when you guard me, I got to pound you, pound you, pound you, throw it in the basket, and then get a you know ahead. Uh, like if we're just shooting shots and missing him, and he's on the break, he's gonna win that battle. But if it's a slow down, control pace game, I'm gonna definitely win that battle. Yeah. Shaq, I was, go ahead, Scott. I was watching uh, Blue Chips the other night. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. And when's the last time you've seen that movie? Because you are so like charming and innocent, it, you know, in that movie. I don't know when the movie is done. Ninety, early nineties, maybe mid nineties. Yeah, ninety four. Yeah, it's like, and you're a lot smaller. I mean, you're still an imposing presence, but you're just like this sweet kid. When's the last time you watched that and went, "Whoa, who's I, that guy"? I've never watched any of my movies. Okay. Uh, just, Frank's that I way. Just, 
I was just, uh, for me, for me, it was just about opportunities. Kid yeah. from the projects, uh, who was an average student. And listen, to me, when you get Hollywood, people say, we want you to be a movie. What am I going to say? Uh, I think about it. I was like, sure, I'll do it. And, You're you good know, in that movie. You're well, good in that you. movie. You, thank I mean, you, you are. And, you know, Penny's okay. Matt Nover, <laughs> Matt Nover just looked like some Tiger Beat kid. I don't even yeah. know how he did. You know, people are like, Matt Nover, who's that? Yeah. But he played for Indiana, and they wanted to pick some kid that looked like Indiana in the movie. Right. But, um, yeah. Uh, is your passion is your passion now DJing? Is that other than family, um, which is what I see when I'm watching the shows and podcast? My, my passion is having fun. Yeah. You know, DJ is especially in this large crowds. It's the closest thing I get to being in the basketball arena. I've been doing that Ooh. since 19 years old. So what, 30, 20, 28, 29 years, and. Would I rather go out and see 70,000 screaming kids or would I rather just sit in the house and just look out the window? <laughs> Richard, I'll take choose the uh, screaming kids for $100. <laughs> like it, 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 it's just fun. So, you know, but look, it's, it's just all about having fun. What do you see? What do you see yourself doing outside of that? Like what, what's, what's going to be fun 10 years from now for Shaq? 10 years from now, hopefully. Well, my plan is to, have two more babies. Just got to find a candidate because I you gotta find, now that Shaq as as a no. I'm gonna tell you the baby part's fine. You can adopt them. Don't do that again. <laughs> Why? I no like, more. I like no babies. more because it's <laughs> like just babies. all that's all your money going to somebody else when they when they decide to take. Well, nope. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna be the voice of reason here. Good point, but <laughs> like, don't do it. Like my kids are like late women and men now. Like they're hey dad. Like, you know, when they were young, I was able to, you want to go to University Studio? Yeah. Want to go to Gatorland, look at some Gator? Yeah. Now it's like talking to grown, like I got to negotiate and do this and do that. Shaq has to too. You know what? Yeah, that, here's just, the thing. You know, too much. People always explain or define you, I guess, they when they describe you is the word I'm looking for. They always describe you as a big kid and you just want to have fun. And you just want to have little babies around with you to go take them places and have fun with you. That's pretty awesome. That's all I want to know. So I just got to find a candidate. Yeah, just get a donor. Don't lock that down. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I know you. I know you got to go, Shaq. I appreciate yeah, I you. A, I got a meeting with Frosty Flicks. Awesome. Uh, I'll tell you what. They're great. Tell me, you're the new voice of Frosty Flicks. Uh, I don't know yet. I'm, oh, I'm gonna find out. Tony, the LSU Tiger. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna show you. Like I'm, gonna show you uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna show you guys one other thing that I've never showed anybody before. All right, you ready? Yeah, Scott Long. Is it up? Uh, talk for a second so we can yeah, see. Yeah, say it. something so it goes to your screen. Oh, can you see it? Oh wow. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, Shaq, I think that your career in law enforcement is probably your pride of everything. Those are the things that you've liked to show us the most. And yeah. actually, uh, we appreciate seeing. Yeah, it was awesome. fun. All right, love you guys. I've never showed anywhere else. Awesome. All right, talk to you guys soon. All right, Bye. thank you, Shaq. Thanks, Shaq. Good luck. Shaq says, Shaq says, Shaq says, Shaq says. All right, that's good.
I'm going to go ahead and try to switch my background for the next 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This finger has a big ass Scott Longstick. I was just glad he stayed after you got into the penis talk. <laughs> he started it. I know, but you, you went. I'm not going to talk about anybody else's penis. Uh, that was the fun part. I'm going to be honest with you. We could throw this at the end of the episode, too, Toledo. I was worried, John, you were going to get upset. Not upset. <laughs> Why? Like flustered because I threw something at you. No. You're like, I, I, I mean, I, you know, just like, why didn't you tell me kind of, not like, a, a, not like upset, but just kind of like, oh, I, I, but it, apparently you don't even need to plan. You've been planning for a while. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I have, I, I did the, uh, the Breaking Bad tour when I went to Albuquerque. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't go to Albuquerque for that. I lived in Albuquerque when I was little. My brother-in-law's there. We went up and visited. And that Breaking Bad tour, for as schlocky and weird as it is, is super entertaining and fun for fans. I, the owners, but, they're, they're great people. Yeah, they really are. And it was really fun and well done. And, and uh, we had a blast. It took us all over. So, yeah, I, Albuquerque is not someplace I ever want to visit again. But I tell people, if you happen to get stuck there, Hop on the bus and drive around because it's it's really worth it. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's, no, I've been prepping. Do you ever get out to Phoenix, Patrick? I only been, I'm in the Phoenix airport. That's it. Oh yeah, to get to go through somewhere. Well, you need to come out for a Steelers game because every Sunday, Thursday night, Monday, whenever the games are, this place packs up. We take the walls off this building and and uh, have like thirty people over and just do Steeler parties here every every game. So you're more than welcome. <laughs> September 14th, they're opening against the Giants. I don't know who's going to be watching. Mean, I'll be watching as long as they're playing. Monday Night Football, there'll be 25, 30 people in this house every time. Steelers go nuts here. I don't, know, how, I don't know about the legalities, legalities of that anymore, John. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, There's yeah, plenty yeah. of room. We'll keep them across from us. We, I got bubble wrap. I got all sorts of lights. <laughs> do, you have, do you have plastic dividers? Yeah. <laughs> With Steeler <laughs> emblems on them? We all wear our Steeler shields. It's great. Don't you see the mask? Uh, if you go to PittsburghSteeler.com, they've got the COVID masks yep. with the logos. I'll probably have one. That's the that's the new rock and roll band shirt. Is that that's right. everybody's going to have their um, going to have their mask? All right, now the Shack interview. Toledo yeah. can play it at any time he wants. We'll just here's what just, we're going to do throughout the Shack interview. We're going to cut back to <laughs> moments with Patrick. Best of moments from this was fantastic, Patrick. Really? Uh, do people call you Patrick or Pat? Uh, uh, Patrick. Unless I grew up with you in Pennsylvania, everybody from central Pennsylvania goes, hi, Pat. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know where they're from. Uh, yeah, All right. Yeah, no mistake in that. But this has been an awesome you, – you, you were the opening band that uh, yeah, might that be – that blew off of the, the, big, the big name. Yeah. It's the, the super – that goes on to its own super, his own super fame. That's uh, exciting. There you go. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Pat. Pleasure, sir. Patty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I can't hit the button right. Now I leave. <laughs>